0: We've got a quarterback battle at the school that churns out the best QBs in the Big Ten. And there's reason to believe that either of the candidates is the favorite right now to start at Ohio State. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Nate Dickinson here. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the show. Coming up on today's program, we're gonna talk Ohio State quarterbacks. Two guys, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown going to face off to try to be the guy to succeed C.J. Stroud. But who will win out? I've got reason to believe that either one could be the favorite based off the information that we have right now, which is not a whole lot. Also, later on, we're going to keep recapping, of course, everything that's going on in basketball around the Big Ten and get you all of the news from around the conference as well. But let's dive right into this quarterback situation at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud leaves, has arguably, and in my opinion, the best two-year stretch of anyone in Ohio State history. It just didn't result in the wins that he needed to get. But now there's some big shoes still to fill. And two guys are the main candidates to try and take over the job. You've got junior Kyle McCord. This is what they'll be in the fall, junior Kyle McCord. And then redshirt freshman Devin Brown. It's going to be an interesting battle here between these two guys. because. It's really close in my opinion, but it is at least right now looking like the advantage should go to Kyle McCord. He's the experienced guy. He has a start under his belt, and he's someone who, of course, has a year more of this system than what Devin Brown does. Six foot three, 215, also a higher rated recruit out of high school, was a five-star recruit that was number 28 in the country in the 2021 recruiting class out of Philadelphia. The 24-7 comparison to him as far as players was Matthew Stafford. Better pocket presence than he is a mobile quarterback, but his ability to fit balls in tight windows and make the right throws is kind of remarkable. A, A more pure passer than Brown for sure, and when I was looking at highlights, you can see it out there. It's not just that he makes good throws. He makes smart throws. He makes the throws you're supposed to make and puts the ball where it needs to be. If a ball's high, it's because it's over the middle and it needs to get over a linebacker's hands. If he's throwing an out route, he's going to throw it out. Though there's no way a defender is going to step in front of it. He has the kind of IQ in making his throws that really, really, really impressed everybody at the, at the high school level. It's why he was a five-star recruit. He's got a good arm, but the way that he uses his good, accurate arm and the talent combined with what he has in his head and his ability to know exactly where to put it, not just put it in the right place, but know where the right place is, is what really pushes him over the top. Also, with what it is right now, he should be the favorite in my head because, well, he's already familiar with the wide receiver at Ohio State, or at least one of them played high school with Marvin Harrison Jr. at St. Joe's Prep in Philly. That's the most important thing, at least I think on his resume of it. He has what is the pure passer side of things, and he has that relationship with who's going to be the top guy at Ohio State already. On top of all that, I think he is the definitive actual favorite at the moment. But I do believe that Devin Brown can come in as a dark horse here. He has the opportunity to be able to get himself into the starting role for a couple of different reasons. And I'll go through it here right now. This is a redshirt freshman, 6'2", 196, by the way. We'll go through all the specifics. Four-star recruit and the number 43 recruit in the country in the 2022 class out of Utah. His comparison as far as what he had on 24-7 sports was Sam Darnold, but he has a little bit more athleticism to him. A basketball player as well as a football player, a little bit more known to run around a little bit, Scout specifically noted his ability to roll out of the pocket and make a throw off a platform too. He's good on that side in a way that it looks like, I mean, Kyle McCord has all the arm talent in the world, but as far as being able to throw while working outside of the pocket, that could be helpful. And there's a good reason for that because while he's good with the running, he also has that good natural arm, a really quick throwing motion. And I believe that Ohio State believes it can coach this guy up into being just as good of an actual thrower of the football as what Kyle McCord is, even if he's not there quite yet. But what puts it over the top for me, and the reason why I feel like, I don't know if it'll be Devin Brown, I think I may still pick Kyle McCord if I was putting my money on it. But the reason why Devin Brown has a shot here is because of what Ryan Day says he's looking for in this replacement. He, he cited the ability to create Being key in this battle because of the fact that while Ohio State also loses CJ Stroud at quarterback, there's also going to be three new offensive linemen on this team, too. I don't have to tell you that Ohio State's really, really good at bringing in talent. Those linemen that are filling in are all five stars, I'm sure. I haven't actually looked up all the names and who's projected to take those spots. But the point is, they're going to be plenty talented, but it may need some work off the bat. And if that's the case, then this is the time right here in the spring games and the spring practices where we could start to see that. So as this competition starts to unfold, I feel like by the end of the spring, we're going to have either one of two things. Either A, Kyle McCord is going to be pretty well in front in this battle. I I don't think that Ryan Day is obviously going to declare any sort of starter by the time we get until we get to like training camps in the fall. But as far as what we're hearing out of these camps from the people who are there, I think the two scenarios are either one, Kyle McCord's running away with this thing and showing that he's the much more talented quarterback here, or two we're seeing Devin Brown get those first team reps in just as much. And I don't know if we'll see people saying that Devin Brown's throwing the better balls, but if Ryan day decides that he wants a creator, he wants someone who can be able to make the plays himself a bit more. It looks like Devin Brown may actually have that advantage because Kyle McCord has the advantage in pretty much everywhere else. He was the higher rated recruit. He's regarded as the more talented passer and smarter passer too. at the current moment. He's supposed to be the next starting quarterback of the Ohio state Buckeyes based off of what we have so far. Again, he has a start already under his belt with this team. He has himself the longer experience with the Buckeyes roster. It looks like it should be him, but this is a pure quarterback battle and If we get to the end of the spring practices and things are still pretty even with how they're playing both these guys with both units, I think then things could get really, really interesting in the fall. Because I don't know how many people are expecting Devin Brown to actually win this thing, but he has that one extra thing that might be that one thing that Ryan Day is looking for. Because McCord has the height, he has the arm strength, he has the reputation as a recruit, he has the wide receiver who he's been throwing balls to for what, five, six years now? The point is, if you're looking at it off of just the front page news and stats, uh, what you read on paper, Kyle McCord wins just about every single category here. But Ryan Day says he's looking for a certain something. And there's reason to believe that Devin Brown is the one who has that advantage and the ability to make the play for himself. We'll see if it ends up playing out that way. But all I'm saying is, at least at the moment, I'm believing that this is a real, true 50-50 quarterback competition, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing maybe not as much what happens as far as like what throws each guy's are making in spring practices, but taking a look at how much each one is getting the time with the ones, how much each one is getting that kind of starting set experience, because at the moment I would expect it to be Kyle McCord getting most of that, but I'd be very interested to see if things are truly split 50-50 by the time we get done with the spring practices. We're going to continue along with Locked On Big Ten here in just a minute by getting into the Indiana loss to Michigan State yesterday. Before we do that, though, Bilt Bar is a delicious treat that can help you get through your day without any of the fat and calories that you usually have to deal with when you're eating something delicious. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It can get you all of the key nutrients, 130 calories per bar, less than 5 grams of sugars or carbs, 17 grams of protein, too. So you can get through your workout or your work day with no stress at all. And also, it tastes amazing. They're coming out with new flavors all the time. You've got to try their new flavors that they got out for the new year. And you can do it by heading over to built.com. Built.com to try out all sorts of new flavors, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. And if you're also at Sam's Club and run in, you can grab a 13 bar bucks box with their hit flavors brownie, batter, and churro. There's, I mean, sounds amazing, right? It really is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They send them to us. You put them out of the wrapper, it's like, this looks like a candy bar. You break it open. It looks like a candy bar on the inside. There's no evidence that it's the normal granola protein bar that you're used to, but it is a whole lot better. It's Built Bar at Built.com. All right, let's dig into the latest in Big Ten basketball, starting with our latest Bracketology update. If you are unaware, we take a look at bracketmatrix.com. You can go there and find it for yourself about 100 brackets that they get updated and go through all the entire internet to get you an average seed for each team that is mentioned in a bracket and tell you where the consensus is on where all the 68 teams are that will make this field. As far as Purdue, they're at a 1.01 seed, so one bracket out of the hundreds have put them as a two-seed. Uh, Indiana's on the rise still, a 3.99 average seed across what is 114 updated brackets on the website on today's update. Northwestern's next at a 6.01, Illinois 6.87, Maryland 7.07, Iowa 7.39, Michigan State 7.84, Rutgers 8.16. Wisconsin is rising still, appears now in 75 of 114 brackets as the Badgers are right on the bubble. And Penn State is on the verge of falling off in just two of 114 brackets on the update. Nothing really, really hugely different from when the last time we talked to you was. In yesterday's Big Ten basketball, Indiana dropped by 15 against Michigan State and East Lansing. This was a game where the Spartans shot well in the second half, did everything they really needed to after rebounding really well after a slow start. 33 to 24 at one point in the first half in favor of Indiana. But Indiana, oh, I'm sorry. It was a, a nine-point lead early in the first half. 33-24 was the final rebounding numbers. But Indiana had itself a nine-point lead early in the first half. Michigan State stuck with it. Fought back, actually got that lead by halftime, led the entire second half, and really never let Indiana get close. The biggest key, Trace Jackson Davis was held in check. He wasn't really, really held in check, ended up with 19 points and seven rebounds. But, I mean, the seven rebounds is what's key. Indiana had in this game, as I mentioned, a thirty-three to 30, thirty-three to twenty-four deficit to Michigan State on the rebounds. Also, the Hoosiers had just three offensive rebounds as a team, and Trace Jackson Davis had just seven boards. Seven's a decent amount, but Trace Jackson Davis is averaging twenty and eleven this season. You put him down to nineteen and seven rebounds. That's closer to Trace Jackson Davis of last year, which means that. When that happens, you get an Indiana team that's closer to what Indiana was last year and loses by 15 to this Michigan State team that's projected as a 7 or an 8 seed. So, Trace Jackson Davis was contained, which allowed Michigan State to win this game pretty easily and take away a whole lot of the strengths of Indiana. In other news... Michigan State 47% from three, just an outstanding night shooting from behind the arc from them to get them propelled there. Tyson Walker had himself 23 points to lead the way for the Spartans. And the most important thing, of course, is that this was the first game back home for Michigan State since the tragic events of a week ago. It was emotional to start. There was a big pregame ceremony that happened, and he saw Michigan State get off to a bit of a slow start that may have resulted from that emotion. But this, this was the kind of storybook kind of stuff in the way that Michigan state fought back, took that lead and led the rest of the way. And again, a game in which Indiana in the second half was never really close. It allowed Spartan fans to celebrate their team and celebrate their school in a way that really in a place like East Lansing, only a Michigan state sports team could bring that community together in the way that the Spartans did on Tuesday. Uh, We haven't talked too much about the tragic events of Michigan State. I've said the entire time, go listen to Matt Sheehan and Locked On Spartans. He's doing an outstanding job with everything that's going on there. But uh, as far as what happened, the funeral for the last of the three students who died was earlier on Tuesday. So this was an emotional, emotional time. And Michigan State provided that fan base and that community with something to rally behind. And it ends up getting a big win over a ranked team to really help solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament, which was pretty solidified already. It's going to be a really, really fun finish to the NCAA basketball season. It's going to be a really, really fun finish to the Big Ten season too, but it's always nice to just kind of uh, take a step back and be able to appreciate what really matters. And in winning that game yesterday, you got a little bit of a taste of what really matters and why sports are really, really cool. So that school healing and will be strong, as they have been so far. The Spartans basketball team helping a little bit here. We'll wrap up things on Locked On Big Ten in just a moment. Before we do that, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs at number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster, and you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's wrap up with news from around the Big Ten as we wrap things up on the show today. It's the Big Players of the Week day, which means i got to say a whole bunch of names really fast. Let's get right into it. Baseball Player of the Week is Michigan State's Brock Vradenberg. Our Wrestler of the Week is Iowa's Spencer Lee, his second time winning that award. In Gymnastics, you have Maryland's Emma Silberman and Minnesota's Gianna Gerties splitting the award. And in Men's Lacrosse, the Offensive Player of the Week is Maryland's Daniel Kelly. Defensive Player of the Week is Maryland's Dante Trader Jr., Congratulations to all the players of the week here today. Finally, also, Indiana women's basketball, we told you, is was the co-Big Ten champions due to other events. They are now outright Big Ten regular season champions. They will have the one seed in the Big Ten women's tournament, which is a big deal when you know how stacked the Big Ten is on the women's side. Also, in the USFL A whole bunch of college players picked, including six Big Ten players. Michigan State's Jarrett Horst, offensive tackle, was the first pick of the draft. Tanner Morgan, quarterback for Minnesota, was the eighth pick of the draft. And another name to note, Rutgers punter Adam Korsak was picked in round eight, too. Those were the top three players picked out of the Big Ten in the USFL. C.J. Stroud, in a little bit of interesting news, he he not really news news, but he, he went out and said that during the season, and just to kind of, I don't know if it's funny, weird, creepy. I, you can judge for yourself. He said during the season, he's not on social media. But people would still get to him by sending him Venmo money. And then putting in little comments that he needed to play better. When he was going through the year with Ohio State. I don't know what the big complaints were going to be about CJ Stroud all the way up until the Michigan game. But it's wild the extent that fans will go to. I, I Again, I don't know. I, I guess it's not cool. Yeah, probably a little creepy that you're messaging out and sending money to who is, what, tw- still 22, 23-year-old kid for not being able to play the ball game well enough? Maybe cool off a little bit, Big Ten fans. Finally, Big Ten administrators yesterday made no action on the football schedules for the Big Ten in coming years. There's still a belief that divisions will be gone in 2024, according to the report, but no formal changes yet. And we've talked about this before. It's obvious that no divisions is what's better for the Big Ten. However, when it comes to actually making that change, you need a little bit more than obvious. You need votes. And as far as voting goes, I wouldn't be surprised if the Big Ten didn't have it. Because there's plenty of schools, mainly ones on the western side of the conference, that would not love having no divisions in the Big Ten. Like in Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Maybe they would like one more year and a shot at being able to get themselves into the Big Ten championship game. Because once the divisions go away, I mean, we can go back year by year and take a look and see. But I would imagine there aren't too many years where Iowa and Wisconsin would actually be making that game over some of those teams in the East. That's, of course, been the narrative throughout the last few years. Big Ten West is brutal. Big Ten East dominates. But you need the votes to change things. And while it's obvious from our look from a conference standpoint – when you go to these individual schools, like Trent Condon, I'm sure he would tell you, Ryan Herring's from Lockdown Badgers, he would tell you that, yeah, let's uh, maybe stay with divisions because I don't know how well our team's competing if we got to compete with everybody else to make the Big Ten championship game. Just a couple of notes. Should be fixed, isn't going to be fixed because of, uh, I don't know, politics, I guess you can call it, college football politics. Big Ten schools aren't going to vote for their schools to have a lesser stance in the Big Ten title conversation, even if it means that you're playing in a much more and less efficient conference, let's call it, in building contenders. That'll do it for Locked On today and Locked On Big Ten today. Locked On is, of course, always on. You can go find a team for anything. You should go listen to Locked On College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to tune in and subscribe to our show, too, Locked On Big Ten, by heading over to Locked On Big Ten 10 10 not T-E-N when you type it out, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter, too. I'll be back next time. Until then, Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports on Twitter, with Locked On.